This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill. That is tryquip.com with the offer code thumbs. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's tomorrow, right? The 6th. It's July 6th. Sorry, I said it's tomorrow, which is totally unhelpful. It's tomorrow, today. The podcast of the future. It's July 6th, 2017. And this is important if true. God. Uh, for Model Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. Yeah. I'm Jake Rodkin. <laughs> hey. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome to this podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to you as well. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know if this if this story will f- have any meaning to you guys, um, but I was carrying a bundle, like a big pile of board games to Goodwill because I ha- I just had like a ton of board games in my apartment that Nick, I think I maybe like accidentally stole from one of our old roommates. Sure. Uh, when we moved out. When Me. I, moved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought initially they were yours, but I, but they seem to not have been. Probably not. Unless it is. Unless they you are. You recognize the game in this story and, okay. then, and I'm a thief. Sure. I mean, I'm a thief either way, Let's, but not of you. That's fine. Um, and so I had like a big stack of board games that I was taking to Goodwill and it was that one of those just like awkward situations where I'm tottering around with a pile that like goes above my head and I'm, you know, walking. It's only a few blocks down the street, uh, but I had to stop to tie my shoelaces. And so I did that and I, yeah, and I, I stopped. Yeah. I had to straighten my glasses. Slipped on a banana uh, peel. Yeah, your clarinet fell out of your backpack. It's just real bad. Yep. Um, and so I stopped for a moment and was doing that. And on the top was a game called Cleopatra and the Society of Architects. Do you not mine? Okay, good. All right, <laughs> I've inadvertently thieved from someone else, but not you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm a th- if it'd be a weird thieving motivation because I literally gave them away for free to a charity store. They're just Robin Hood. So I'm Robin. I'm yeah. true. I'm Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. Or just a dick. Or I'm an asshole. Yeah, that's fine. Also, uh, so. Uh, there was like this game called Cleopatra on the top, and I'm st- I'm stopping to tie my shoes, and I get that sort of feeling that someone is like near me, so I sort of look ar- I look up, and there's this guy, a bully, who's just <laughs> <laughs> nerd. <laughs> uh, there's a guy who's just standing there, like looking at me, and he has a dog. It's like um, it's like an Eddie from Frasier. That, okay. You know, like that dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like and a, yeah, terrier. Like I a guess. Terrier. Yeah. yeah. It's one with like spots. Mm-hmm. I guess. And he's he's standing there and he's sort of watching me and I'm like, hello, hello. And he goes, What is that? Is that some kind of game? Because I am obsessed with the film Cleopatra. <laughs> and and I'm like, Oh, that's yeah, uh, I mean it is. It's I don't think it has anything to do with the, the movie, but it's yeah, it's a it's a game. <laughs> And he's like, well, I just, I'm just obsessed with it. And he starts telling me about how there's like hours of footage they had to cut out of Cleopatra Mm -hmm. and like what an incredible tragedy that is. And like, it's this costumes and sets are so beautiful. And he's like transported into another world as he's like trying to communicate to me the scale of the grandeur of the film Cleopatra and like how much of it was lost and like what a, you know, catastrophe this is for humanity. And then he's just like... It's kind of one of those, I'm sort of just sitting there being like, okay, cool. Like, thanks yeah. for the information. Um, like, uh, see ya. 
Uh, but he's he's like so into all this and he starts talking about other restored films and he starts talking about the restored version of Vertigo, uh, which I, I don't even I, I, I don't even remember like the chain of how it got from from there. But so we're we're hosting this guy's podcast now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at a certain point, he he's like talking about Vertigo and he's like, you know, the night that that restoration of Vertigo premiered at the Castor Theater with Kim Novak on stage, I was with a friend in a bookstore. And then he he sort of like pauses and looks at me like meaningfully and like arches his eyebrow and goes, you know, an adult bookstore. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't really know. And I wasn't talking about Cleopatra. I was talking about <laughs> Caligula. <laughs> and so he, um, so he's like, anyway, so he, you know, an adult bookstore. Uh, so he's telling me, my friend and I walked out of this bookstore and a limousine was stopped at the light. And do you know who was inside? Kim Novak, star of Vertigo. I screamed at her, I love your movies. And she rolled her eyes at me and drove away. <laughs> and the only reason this like struck me so much is because I well, realized as well, for many reasons, but as he was telling the story, I'm like, man, I was at the Castro Theater the night that I was there that night for the premiere of the restore, restored version of Vertigo, mm -hmm. which Kim Novak, like, she was there and she spoke at it. So I realized I was, like, part hmm. of this weird cosmic connection where I watched Kim Novak in person. She left, drove away in her limo. A guy screamed at her, I love your movies from, from outside the an threshold adult of bookstore. an adult bookstore. Yeah. 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 She rolled her eyes, rolled up the windows and drove away. And then years later, that man came up to me on the street, accosted me and told me the story of that evening. And that's it. There's no like punchline. I was just struck by what an amazing, weird, circuitous. Just another tale uh you know from the city of san francisco <laughs> <laughs> right. if this city could yeah. talk chris the things it would tell you mm. uh, would be these ones yeah yeah a guy was selling An a board game bookstore <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> i don't think anyone could top or uh address that from any angle in yeah. a way that is that is very good actually no so that was that um we... so did the guy take the board game or anything no, I, I mean, I sort of like made a nominal effort to try and sort of explain like what this kind of board game is, but he definitely wasn't interested in hearing any information that wasn't about like the beautiful costumes and sets. Of okay, Cleopatra. once you were like, it's a German style game, it uses <laughs> the rondelle. <laughs> I don't think that Cleopatra uses No, that. I've actually never played it. I, I, oh, okay. I, I hadn't played any of the games that I was carrying around. They were all games I accidentally inherited. Um, I guess with just like over... and each of them had a story had you faced up the next one another guy <laughs> yeah, would have right. come by and told you about some other weird San Francisco <laughs> yeah. happenstance ah the seven wonders of the world ah <laughs> uh, android net runner yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jumanji <laughs> Jumanji have you guys seen the trailer for the, the I new have. Jumanji I have man it looks yeah. it looks like they might have accidentally made a trailer for Jurassic Kanji. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much there is to talk about that thing, but it was amazing mm. to see that Jumanji was reimagined as a Sega Genesis game. It was basically reimagined as the things that childhood Nick Brecken would want them to be. Like the Jumanji game looks like it's the Sega Genesis Jurassic Park game. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Where like yeah. they they found like an old 16-bit system. Yeah. And then that sucks you into Jurassic Park. It looks like it sucks you yeah. into just a world full of dinosaurs. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's out of control. Yeah. I feel like you've got prior art on this. I feel like you could go after these guys. I mean, I yeah, that's probably true. You won that award. You were recognized. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's definitely in the record. What was that like a month ago on this podcast or something that probably. we read Jurassic Hang? Yeah. 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 Way before that trailer came out. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, what if What if I actually, what if that in fact is what happened to me? What if I was sucked into the universe of Cleopatra architects of whatever, and that guy was just my, like, Robin Williams character? <laughs> it was just the really you, dumb, you never play so you just So, for all you <laughs> know, it's actually uh, about a guy who likes the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you, you play a card that's like, sorry... Uh, Kim Novak rolls her eyes at you outside of an adult bookstore. Move back three spaces. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I had continued to move walk back three years, <laughs> uh, instead I just dropped it off at the Goodwill for some unsuspecting soul, right? Yeah, to yeah. happen upon it in the future. That will be reimagined as the stupidest Sega Genesis game in, in twenty years. <laughs> yeah, you just have to sit there pressing A, scrolling through the like the story, little yeah, just box of the guy's dialogue yeah. with his yep. face next to it. <laughs> that reminds me of this and this. Oh, okay, you tire of this man, but he continues to talk. You know, an adult bookstore, and then his picture flips to just the version of him with a. Li- He's just emojis. Let's be honest. Eyebrow. It yeah. goes. It goes. Yeah, from. Sort of happy to like the smirk emoji, yeah, and then the sunglasses emoji. What? Because he's dealing with it. Because I'm dealing with it. Because he's just being a smug lord. Mm. He wasn't really. I mean, I guess he was created out of thin air for the purpose of telling me this story. Yeah, as I he served his he purpose, he no sort of disappeared back into the mist. Yeah, yeah until the true. until the bu- game is resold. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> don't play this game, by the way. The, the way that this Jumanji activates is when you take it to a secondhand shop without <laughs> yeah. ever opening it. Yeah, when right. you just sort of carry it around the world, yeah. around the you know, like oh, you're trying to get rid of this. Well, let me regale you with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we encountered uh, uh, totally unrelatedly. We encountered a news story about a weird monkey location that has that was reported on <laughs> on a over the weekend new, on a local news station local yeah. news a local Arizona. news affiliate found a monkey location yes so on the outskirts of Mara, Ma, ugh, on the outskirts of Mesa Arizona there's land blocked off by signs saying no trespassing in danger flanked on one side by an ammunition testing facility there's a mysterious primate farm that is thriving Drone video taken as recently as this past weekend shows cages full of primates in the desert. One man requesting to remain anonymous said he decided to check out the area after his son told him about the primates in the desert. Quote, he found it on the web and we were intrigued. All of a sudden, this guy comes at us in one of the razor carts. He was yelling at us to get out of here, he said. Drone video he shot shows large metal cages full of primates. A man who asked not to be identified said he worked there as a private contractor. He explained the facility is now managed by the University of Washington. They do primate research, he explained. They take good care of the primates. The living facility for the monkeys is air-conditioned. You have to wear masks and be covered from top to bottom like a hazmat suit. But I was told that's to protect the monkeys more than it is to protect you. ABC 15 reached out to several agencies to try and get answers. The city of Mesa, Maricopa County, and the Arizona State Department of Agriculture had not heard of this. <laughs> so there's just a weird monkey farm next to an ammunition testing facility Yeah, out yeah. in the deserts of Arizona. I was trying to figure out what this could possibly be. I don't think that I have a definitive answer, but I have a couple of possible answers, most of which are stupid. Okay. Uh, I thought that maybe it was just a center for like training emotional helper monkeys. Hmm. You know, I I thought maybe it was. God, that's that seems like a risky 
support animal. I'm sure that there's helper monkeys around. There was yeah. one of the Simpsons once, so I assume that it's real. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I thought that maybe it was uh, training human workforce replacement, and they started with uh, tra- with replacing monkey care technicians. Oh, man. So that these monkeys, which was a mistake, because now the monkeys are never going to learn any other jobs. Now they can care for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the obvious other one was maybe that there's, given that it's next to a munitions factory, that there's like armed primate, f- uh, like force training. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just there. Planet of the Apes. It sounds like the, yeah, yeah the new Planet of the Apes right. movies. But right? then I thought that maybe if this is a university project, and as we know, universities are aggressively left leaning and hate freedom, it could be that, that it's in fact training gun safety monkeys. Like this could be. A force of monkeys who are trained that whenever they see a gun, they just strip it to parts in seconds. <laughs> and it's scary as fuck because you wouldn't want to oh, fuck with a primate that's just yeah. coming at you. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's both, though. Maybe it actually is that they've armed these monkeys because the only way that you're going to storm uh, people's homes that are armed to dismantle their guns as this grand uh, liberal <laughs> university conspiracy is first train the monkeys to strip down the guns, then give them guns. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Point the guns at people to yeah to then, then hold them hostage the while they like, hand over yeah. their then, guns. Then the, the yeah. drone footage is just going across neighborhoods as just like a wave of primates tear over houses, like a nightmare scene from one of the new Planet right. of the Apes movies. But what they're actually doing is stripping guns down to single component parts and then throwing them into different bins for recycling. <laughs> Mixing them up, yeah, and then putting them back in homes. Oh no! Well, I mean, maybe oh, okay. they could. They could be prank. <laughs> they could be just sort of also a merry prankster. Prank. But I thought that they would be separating them out for good sort of recycling and composting mm, like mm, like mm, you composting. Do. do you think there are components of guns that are compostable i'm sure that the most dangerous guns of all are compostable chris <laughs> they leave no trace true uh it it just seemed terrifying to me to see a monkey come at, come at you uh and then have, have it wrench your gun out of your hands and then while yeah. just staring at you with its black monkey eyes it just completely takes it down to the bolts also, I feel like it's tragic because these monkeys um, are destroying the thing that they love, which is guns, guns. and being armed. <laughs> mm. I guess if you are like the deep state and you want to steal a bunch of people's guns, it is a lot better to send monkeys than people to take all the guns away. Because as we know from movies, humans don't really care when other humans are shot and killed with guns, but they really care when animals Yeah, like especially are shot if it's like a lovable yeah, animal, like if they're wearing... Like, yeah, if they have like if a have, fun little like firefighter need, costume yeah, like, or they something. Need any sort of single piece well, of costume that lets you place a lovable personality on them where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're the one who loves so it's, uh, whatever. It's going to be like 300 monkeys dressed as like clowns with like red with noses guns, and just like carrying guns. Like, just though. doing like goofy <laughs> like, faces and then they would... just pull out their Glock and stick it in your face. Like, yeah. holy shit. And that's then they terrifying. do like that little sort of creepy, I don't actually yeah. laugh, but I'm trained to look like I'm laughing yeah, like, monkey <laughs> gesture. Yeah, they just show their teeth and then just like flex an arm muscle that you don't think that a human has but a monkey <laughs> definitely has and you, you're, you're fucked but yeah that it's like this ah. has gone from being like sort of plausible and kind of adorable to being really fucked up and terrifying and just like an actual stephen king premise or i mean or like a weird episode of the x-files you know, like sometimes there would just be like a weird episode. Yeah. About like, like monkeys zoo animals coming and at stuff. you with yeah. guns. It was the most logical your... conclusion that I could draw from a mysterious chimp or primate training facility, which I, it's got to be a training facility, next to yeah. some sort of gun manufacturer. Yeah. I assume that they're arming chimps so that the university's 
liberal agenda can be to disarm America. Yeah. Can be just take their guns yeah. away. Well, sadly, the way they're doing that is by dressing them up as clowns and sending regiments <laughs> of armed monkeys to people's homes. When guns are made illegal, the only people who will have guns are monkeys dressed as clowns. That's <laughs> <laughs> a slippery slope. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it's probably more likely that they would be like sleeper agents, right? Like that they would distribute these monkeys throughout the country as oh, party, all these, as party they, monkeys. So they rent, are, rent a yeah, monkey. They are and like, then like he's secretly like, I need to go to the bathroom. I mean, he can't talk, but he's like, it's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, he, while he's, he's in there, he's right. like searching through all your shit. Oh, here's the gun. Disable gun. Throw in gun into trash. The monkey says, I just need to use the bathroom. <laughs> Which way is the bathroom? And you're like, oh, it's the second door on the left. And then the monkey fucking goes right for sure into yeah. the room with all yeah, the guns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The monkey also has the Congo device that he can use to talk, apparently. <laughs> what? You know, in Congo. With this it, can say, it can Amy like, Good Gorilla. Amy, right? Amy, bathroom, bathroom, wear a gun, wear oh. a gun, you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so you're saying that all of my theories are perhaps correct, that they are going to enter the workforce to work alongside humans to eventually take yeah. their jobs, but actually they're there for the guns, and they're also going to be emotional support creatures, but they're really there to take your guns, and they're also <laughs> armed, but that's just so they can take your guns. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think that's What could true. go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like a bunch of monkeys that take your guns away. I mean, I, I guess that's basically what people fear the most. So, I mean, if you don't ever teach them how to fire the guns, they'd maybe... fucking figure it out, dude. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> There's a new planet of the apes movie coming out in like 2 weeks and I'm sure that this is the story of it now. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. Well, actually, so... I they mean, taught the monkeys to take the guns away, but what we didn't think was that the monkeys would learn how to use them against that us. they would stockpile them <laughs> in a remote facility in Arizona. <laughs> oh, it's all, it began years ago. This is actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually... they That facility is actually just stocked... The, the ammunition facility is just stocked with the ammunition the monkeys have already There's just a few gorillas in there and like some chimpanzees just on top of just like a Lord of the Rings dragon's bounty of guns and grenades and shit. <laughs> Do they go just, like, and lock tanks. themselves back in the cages once they've come back? That would be really, that would be sort of poignant that like that's just what mm. they know for yeah. like what makes them comfortable to sleep. Yeah. That would give them that like tragic, that sort of pathos. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we did this. Yeah. In that we literally trained them to steal the guns. Uh, they're, they're teaching us that we're the monkeys in cages armed with guns. <laughs> you were going to relate this to something else to change the subject? I, I well. Yeah. How, how is that going to work? I don't know. I was, I saw, a, I don't know why. The, it occurred to me that monkeys already have opposable thumbs. Right, which is what, like that's one of the things that is is similar to us about them. So I realized that the thing I was going to connect it to is completely unnecessary. But I just I saw a thing this morning about a like prosthetic extra thumb that someone made. Does it like go on the other side? Yeah, it goes on the other side, oh, opposite opposite your thumb. Oh, ah! yeah, it's like oh my god, yeah, it's oh it's Jesus, a, it's a little robot thumb that you strap onto your hand. And it just points out of the other side of your hand, like the one next to your pinky, you know? Mm -hmm. Is and that good? I I mean, <laughs> apparently it lets you do more things. Like it gives you an extra thumb. I mean, I guess thumb. you could make a fist upside down the other way. Like you could just. Yeah. When you can probably grab things better. You could hold a spoon like a little kid does, but it would look correct and it would really break someone's brain. Like you could sort of grab a pencil Upset, but like I don't know. I feel like you could just, just like in your fist. Yeah, but it would you could do things backwards and it would be bad. I mean, you yeah. could hold two guns in the same hand. You could <laughs> what? You can, kind of. You? Couldn't you? I, no, yeah. no. 
You, maybe. If maybe. You could design a cool gun that is like the kind of gun yeah. that you drew as an elementary school yeah. student in your margins where the the barrels come out of both yes. sides and then each one has a hammer and you can That's right. just a comedy gun that someone shoots thumbs. at you but then you catch the bullet and send it back to them through the stupid U-shaped gun. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's like a Spaceballs gag. Yeah. You have to be a highly trained monkey with an extra prosthetic opposable thumb to be able to use that though the gro- the the additional gross thing about this thumb is that the way it's triggered is with sensors hooked up to your feet so you're like mm. i guess you sort of like clench your toes and then it grips your thumb and then it grips they don't have any use cases thumb. they haven't shown like why this is useful that's um, that's very bold like <laughs> We consider it to be obvious why having a second thumb on the other side of your hand is useful. Sell me it. Uh, I believe that I've sold you on the concept alone of this gross thumb that your brain rejects. Yeah, all the pictures are just of people with their third thumb sort of like regarding it with with sort of pleasure and amazement. Um, Well, there is actually a really good... I mean... There's a good picture of a guy with the extra thumb like playing guitar and he's the most classic like metal guitar lord i can't even see his other thumb it's moving so fast he's just shredding so hard on that guitar yeah yeah Yeah. he's just a classic looking guitar lord with like many sort of he's got like necklaces and a cool he doesn't even have a double necked guitar to go with his extra two thumbs like what a fucking waste yeah i mean i don't think you could reach over that doesn't matter for i mean if you're gonna get another fucking thumb for aesthetics you better just have two a two-in-one guitar that's true yeah yeah So I was going to say that, that, yeah, I mean, it's pointless for these to be put on the monkeys, but I guess they could have them. If we're already teaching them how to use, <laughs> if we're already teaching them how to use guns, we might as well have as many implements as possible to like quickly dissemble the guns. That's true. Although I feel like you're taking power away from the monkeys because they can already use their feet for terrifying things that a person can't use. At least a lot of primates yeah. can, I think. Oh, that's true. So you could watch a monkey just taking apart like three guns at once with two hands and two feet. Uh, yeah. But I guess if they also had two additional thumbs, that maybe they could have four additional thumbs. Maybe <laughs> you could actually just give monkeys opposable thumbs on their feet, and then you're just really, which that, they control with their hands. I mean, I feel like that's probably the case. You'd need to at that point change it to be controlled with your tongue or something. They'd have to just control it with their brain. Yeah, I don't think we can do that yet. Oh, maybe we can. Maybe those monkeys figured it out. I bet we can. I bet you can control things with your brain because we have those like yeah. stupid Star Wars lightsaber, the Star Wars like force toys that you control with your brain, right? Isn't there like a Star Wars toy where you can like make something float by controlling it with your brain? I'm sure that Probably. you can. Look, okay, we have an ammunitions facility next to a mysterious monkey training facility. Surely underground next to it is like a mind controlled thumb <laughs> attachment Kickstarter facility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So they're training the monkeys uh, how to pledge on to Kickstarter to finance. It's yeah, a it w- and at one point game. was a Bitcoin farm. Now it's a Kickstarter backer thing to fund this thumb thing. <laughs> a Kickstarter yeah. thumb drive. Oh, fuck off. Let's take a break. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to you in the mail with every three months... Uh, brush head refills so you don't get the, you don't end up with that like too long since replacement brush head bristle zone you get a new brush head every three months and if you go to triquip.com slash thumbs you can get ten dollars off your first refill uh, your first brush head refill that'll just knock out the cost of that first one 
uh, for sure. Um, and you can get it set up with like the toothpaste in there as well. So you can just have all of the stuff you need to brush your teeth. I, I really like this toothbrush. It's got a pulsing 4X, thir- what am I talking about? It's got like a two minute timer broken up into 30 <laughs> second increments. So you can move from quadrant to quadrant in your mouth. Uh, in without having to like think about it, the pulsing 4x is it known? Pulsing 4x, <laughs> yep. Uh, and if you go to tryquip.com/thumbs, you'll get that ten dollars off your first refill. Nice. Yeah, get that pulsing 4x with Quip. <laughs> tryquip.com/thumbs. This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by Warby Parker. Warby Parker makes stylish and very affordable. Uh, frames for eyeglasses and sunglasses, both prescription and non-prescription. And if you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, you can get five frames sent to your house for free. You can decide which ones you like and then uh, order those glasses. They start at only $95. Very affordable mm. for such nice frames. You can see better. I mean, I guess you can see as well as you do with your current prescription. Yeah. But you'll look better. That's true. Yeah. You'll like what you see in the mirror better. God. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. See better, look better. <laughs> Go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. Try five different styles. Pick the one that covers the most of your face. <laughs> buy those. Yep. Warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. All right, are we back? I think oh, we're back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John writes, given the quality of your scholarship on bee pizzas and associated bullshit, I wanted to mm. invite you to apply your skills to a more refined tier uh, of intellectual masturbation. In this case, by getting your take on a problem. <laughs> yeah, you thought something refined was going no, to no, be No, 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 that's the subtitle of this podcast, Chris. <laughs> in this case, by getting your take on a problem in rational decision theory that's been floating around philosophy and mathematics journals since the early 70s. Oh, God. The setup. You're a contestant on a game show. In front of you are two boxes. One is open, the other closed. Inside the open box is a $1,000 cash. You can plainly see it. The closed box is either empty or contains a million dollars. You are offered the choice to take home either the closed box or both boxes. Either the closed box. Okay, so you can take home either the box that may or may not have a million dollars or both or both boxes one of which definitely has a thousand dollars okay okay i don't know it seems obvious that you would choose both because then you at least have a thousand dollars well let's see what there's a twist here however for the past week you know that you've been constantly observed by an advanced ai whose only function is to predict what your upcoming choice on the show will be on all 50 previous episodes of this game show the robot's prediction was correct The robot made its final prediction before you walked on stage. If the robot predicted you would take only the closed box, that box contains $1 million. If it predicted you would take both boxes, the closed box is empty. Okay. So the closed box, either empty or full, now sits in front of you beside the open $1,000 box. Do you take home the closed box? Or both boxes. What, what does it mean when it says, if the robot predicted you would take only the closed... Don't we have to know... No, so you... The closed box, if you... <laughs> this, is a, this is a weird so question. For, Basically, off, let's just say that given that this has been a thing that apparently people have been pondering since the 70s, whose job it is to ponder this, this is about to be us being Solving like... Solving it definitively. 
definitely. Because I think I've solved it definitively. Okay, there's no way that this is us being maximally hoisted. There's no way. No. So Nick, so, I'm so confused because I feel like it's obvious. Okay, so I, and I know, wait, I'm, I know, I, mean, I know, I'm going to be fucking owned. I definitely figured this but, out. I'm so confused. So the, <laughs> the gist Brady. of this is well, that I'm there's con- there's an AI that knows yeah. enough about you that it has taken its own best guess as to whether or not to as to which choice you will make. But it's not trying to subvert your guess. It's trying to honestly choose what you will choose. Right. It, the, the goal of the AI is not to go, oh, well, I think you're going to choose this thing and sort of like manipulate you or or. Can you like, reread the sentence about the AI yeah, one more time? So, OK, so <laughs> for the past week, you know that you've been constantly observed. By the way, this is creepy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've why been, is there an AI? Constantly just, observed you by an for... armed monkey with four thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like the fact that this thing is just following around all week. Anyway, you've been followed around all week by an advanced AI. Hopefully you <laughs> notice it out of the corner of your eyes occasionally right. over the week. Just, You're yeah. like, how do you know you've been observed? By, um, pre- I've just been It may weird. do things like ask you about your taste in board yeah. games. <laughs> uh, its only function is to predict what your upcoming choice on this game show will be. Of all 50 previous episodes, the robot's prediction was correct. Uh-huh. So it's trying to guess what you will guess. Then... But this is like a secret prediction, it, right? It, I mean, it yes. decides okay. in its AI brain what you're going to choose. Okay, at that point, if it predicted you would take only the closed box as opposed to both boxes, if it predicted you would only take the closed box, it will contain a million dollars for sure. This robot's so it job is subverting you. No, the, no. Though. This robot's job is to help you out. It's like okay, yeah. I think I think that Chris is only going to take that one box, and because I think that. Oh. I'm putting a million dollars in that box. And if so, the robot's like, I think he's going to take both boxes, well, he'll make do with the $1,000, I believe is how this works. So he's kind yeah. of subverting you. If you, it, just if you predicted this AI. you would take both, it, the, the closed box is empty. You. I this mean, monkey, this armed monkey is kind of subverting you. Kind of. I don't think so, though. I feel like, I mean, so the question is, right? If it was really are you helping sup- me out, there would always be a million dollars Well, that's there. not how the rules work. That's not how the rules work. The rules work if... if if you play, if you and the robot are on the same page, you're at least going to get a thousand dollars. If if the robot thinks you're going to take both, but you take the one, you get nothing. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Uh, I think. But so okay, because the box is empty. If you okay, but if you know all of this up front, right? And I I think that's a big if. I don't uh-huh. know if you're supposed to know how this AI functions i don't know if that part is actually supposed to be a, like oh is the contestant aware of the experiment i don't know but if they are wouldn't you just always choose the You're clothes like, box? Boy, could i use a million dollars if i see two things i'm always going to take one of them like you just walk around saying things like that out loud right yeah and hoping and that the robot's you... coughing like <laughs> they take the empty one <laughs> take, it. take both <laughs> like, except what? since, what except since oh, it's my advanced a, ai since it's an armed primate the sounds yeah. it makes are just right. creepy like monkey <laughs> chirps yeah. that, that are that freak you out just and kind of right. throw you off your game. They throw you off yeah. your box choosing game, right. unnerving you He's such that on the day you're racked a pistol with in the background. So if that monkey's additional <laughs> thumb bends in, it knows that you're thinking about just taking the um the closed box. I, I right. feel like I'm an idiot, but I still don't understand. There's something about this that I just don't I fundamentally just, understand. The thing that I don't understand is what is the problem? You choose the closed box. It has. Oh, it's always correct. The AI is always right. Yeah. It knows exactly what you're going to do. So if you in your mind decide I'm taking that closed I'm box that gives only, me a million dollars. it will give you a million because the AI is going to predict that you chose the closed box. Or, or are going to you do it and then you get a million dollars yeah why wouldn't you do it you're like the the your confidence in the ai based on past results 
is that like, the, is that the question? Is, I don't know. I can't figure it out. But it reminds me of being in a car. Like, I, I, have I told this on this podcast before? I I was, uh, <laughs> I was with Sarah and her parents, and we were driving to um, the Redwood National Forest up north, and there was a sign that was like this way to the the Redwood National Forest. Like it's this way, and uh, and. There was another sign that was like, it's not over here. It was like a handwritten sign someone made. It's like, don't go over here. And her dad was like, oh, well, Google's telling me to go this other way. So I'm going to, that's the way that it is on the computer. So that's the way we're going to go. And there's like signs everywhere. And it's like, not here. We go up there. It's eventually like a dead end. It's like a weird (laughs) street that goes up into the mountains. And there's like someone put a sign in their driveway being like stop going this way this is not where it is please turn around Mm -hmm. and so we like do a 20 point turn in and out of this person's driveway to turn around and get back to the thing go to go back to the huge wooden sign that's like this way to the redwoods please go in this direction Mm -hmm. where the arrow's pointing and we eventually go and it's correct but it's like the the insistence that the computer well, knows it must know. and the AI is correct and like the map it's like Google Maps it's right about it knows it knows somehow mm-hmm. that this is absolutely true but it was totally wrong and you're so, in you're now I feel like what this email actually is is a test to see how well we will try to make sense of a situation that was perhaps inadequately explained <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, a reader sent this in <laughs> And we take all of those things at face value and then keep talking about them until we're three floors down into the earth in a hole we dug for ourselves. Uh, so I'll just take the million dollars. I mean, I guess taking the clothes box is fine because what's the worst case? You miss out on $1,000. Right. Which is like, that sucks. So it would be nice to have $1,000. But if there's any way to increase your chances of getting a million dollars, then you should do that one, right? Because if you choose the empty one, you're not, I mean, or both of them, you're not going to get that million because it's just based on the rules. I mean, I guess, okay, so if the AI predicted that you would take the clothes box and then you choose both of them, I guess you still get the million? Is that the case? I don't actually, Wait, if I, you predict, sorry, so say that again. Oh, never mind. Uh, I think we've gone too deep. <laughs> if you, if you, if the AI, predicts incorrectly that you're going to choose the closed box but but you you choose both both, i think the closed box is empty at that point if if the robot predicted you would take only the closed box the box contains one million dollars so if the robot predicts that but then you take both that's the only that's the one situation in which you can end up with one million one thousand dollars yeah so the best case scenario is for the AI to be wrong. So, but it, in it, a specific way, yeah. I feel like there's something that we are absolutely missing in this question. I feel like there is too. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm a little. Why were they wondering about this in the 70s? <laughs> was it because they were like figuring out AI questions or because the 70s was just like a high point in culture for wacky game shows about money in boxes and stuff? And they're just like, what's the craziest game show we can think of? Like, what if we invent amazing AIs that follow you around so that my goofy idea for like a new Merv Griffin game show can yeah. can exist? I mean, now we have the technology to do this, right? Now, like we have AI that's constantly watching us and it's so brilliant. It can predict that I need to buy Q-tips after I've already ordered Q-tips from Amazon. Right. And then shows me Q-tips for a month on the Internet. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, I can't find any evidence of this question on the internet either. Oh, really? So I, I, I wonder if we're just being completely mathematicians hoisted. Seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this might actually just be trying to get this on the air to pitch a new game show. <laughs> well, they did a bad job because like, now I feel it's... like a robot is pitching us a new game. Right. Show. The world. I mean, the world. <laughs> like it's trying to the find world a job. Of, like of reality TV style game shows. This would totally just be part of the game show where you agree. To like live in a stupid house for a week, and the house is oh. f- the house is just full of wacky like Google Street View cameras and right. every possible <laughs> sensor of your life, and then at the end of it, you go ba da ba. You're put on like a retro style actual game show set for the final chapter, where you have to pick one of the two boxes. I mean, maybe maybe the answer to this is that the the like the million dollars is completely superfluous because they've already made a hundred million dollars on a robot following you around all week show. Where you're just your whole life is just you're, you? where the guy who's just like freaked out by a, like an advanced AI following him around like it's just Big Brother, and oh, they've sure. made, they the made actual, tons of money, and then they just right, give you a million dollars. Like, oh, this right, is fine. I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. here, take your million. Yeah. <laughs> so the actual end result is it doesn't matter because right. you are either you've been si- destroyed. You're just yeah. <laughs> You have become someone else's brand, and you're making them a ton of money as a, as an, a guest on the reality TV show, or right. you're somehow a weird robot slave, and you're just being <laughs> yeah. s- like led around by a million dollars on a stick in a box. <laughs> yep. That's or true. we were just totally played. Uh, but yeah, you know what? One of the two. We read this on our podcast, so this concept property, Idle Thumbs LLC. <laughs> true. Sorry, 1970s journals. You don't exist on the internet. <laughs> You certainly don't exist on podcasts. <laughs> Jeffrey Vandenbosch writes, Ever since I was a child, I have heard if you leave a bee or other stinging insect alone, it will in turn leave you alone. However, no matter how often my family and I try to hold up our part of the bargain, the other side seems to ignore the rules. I try to live in harmony with my stinging neighbors, but they seem to want to provoke me into an altercation. They land near my kids, buzz through where we're sitting, and make nests in our kids' play areas. This seems to me a direct violation of the established code of contact. How long do we allow this to go on? When would you fight back? Is a preemptive strike justified in this scenario? Thank you. Jeffrey Vandenbosch. Okay, Jeffrey, from the way that you worded that email, I can only assume that you live inside of an animated feature film. (laughs) 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 My family and I, you might actually be anthropomorphic animals who have bees as your neighbors. Just won't leave us alone. Yeah, I think so. Or they're just like some nice bunnies or something. And then they've got like these raucous bees who just won't abide by the rules, who like swoop into their picnic and just cause mischief. I feel like this is just like... like the Hetfields and McCoys or something, but with with animals. Yeah, or like this is like if this... I I think that they might be like a Judd Apatow produced Mm. animated Mm. feature where this guy might actually just be Seth Rogen uh, trying out his role. (laughs) My, I mean, my advice is really just like you're gonna have, like you're gonna have some like f- some picnics ruined. You're definitely gonna get in some like Hans Zimmer scored high energy chase sequences through your neighbor's yards and like maybe the inner workings of mm-hmm. your walls. And like you know, you're probably gonna end up in like a dark, rainy scene where you are really bummed and then realize that maybe you're the bad guy in the in the story because they're just kind of doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then you're going to overcome your differences and you guys are going to have like the best picnics ever for the rest of your life. Like that's my assumption for for how this <clears throat> with like a lot of honey. Yeah, I mean, I hope <laughs> like that, that jar of honey. I hope you like gonna be I hope like, that you like honey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they're a family of bears. Yeah. Well, mm. so I mean, Jake 
extending from from your response to this, I think there's another way to read this question that okay. just occurred to me, uh, which is imagine this email. Ever since I was a larva, I've often heard that if you leave a human or other large primate alone, it will in turn leave you alone. However, no matter how often my swarm and I try to hold up our part of the bargain, the other side seems to ignore the rules. I try to live in harmony uh, with my fleshy neighbors, but they seem to want to provoke me into an altercation. They set up picnics near my kids. They run through where we are buzzing. And they set up blankets and chairs in our kids' play areas. This, to me, seems a direct violation of the established code of conduct. How long do we allow this to go on? When would you fight back? Is a preemptive strike justified in this scenario? Thank you. A B. <laughs> so. I feel like that, like, that that makes it all the stronger that, that this is just the perfect setup for a G-rated Romp, mm-hmm. right? Where everyone you learns can see to get both along. sides. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. It's definitely going to cut to that B family. Well, you could, I, you could, could get open the poignant the, flashback. It could open with the B family. Is this right. what a B movie is about? I never actually probably. saw a B movie. I don't know. Maybe it is. I have no idea. It's probably not. But it could be. <laughs> this is the story. It's probably about isn't Seinfeld, Seinfeld stuff, Seinfeld but in like, the, like a B really universe, into right? B movie. Doesn't he really want to make? A oh yeah, no. B he's, movie? What is B movie? Are you guys think? Are you guys talking about the movie Bees? Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the movie about a family who moves in next to a bee family, <laughs> and neither of them get along when they're trying to have picnics. Oh, this podcast, mm-hmm. but the bee movie trailer plays every time we gaslight someone about an insect-based movie. <laughs> but seriously, I think Jerry Seinfeld is like seriously obsessed. With B movie, yeah, he is. and really wants to make another B movie. Well, I think we got the perfect plot. Now. Yeah, I mean, this is Come. we have a perfect B plot. <laughs> Fuck off! God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I mean, in this movie, the A plot and the B plot are the same because it's, no, it's two true. different families. And it's really one A and then one B. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you say it's one A <laughs> for one asshole? Like what is the A? <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be. No, I mean, he means like. The number, like yeah, I know, like, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's only one a pun if it and a B. Really a <laughs> one B, yeah, no. <laughs> Jerry, write us at questions at importantiftrue dot com. <laughs> we will help you develop your B movie. You don't need to use the synonym of this guy. Uh, <coughs> what's this guy's name? Jeffrey Vandenbosch. Or did you mean the second? That's a email total. From, that's a total Seinfeld uh, name. Oh, those both. Those are both just mm. written by Seinfeld. Yeah, who's trying to get. Some no-name podcast to workshop his B movies. We can steal it. <laughs> we have a very high opinion of our podcast on this yeah. podcast. I just called episode. it a no-name B podcast. Oh, that's because oh, we develop B movie stories. But lines. you have this like there's we have apparently this belief that multiple like pitches for screen entertainment products are being filtered mm. through our questions. Chris, email. podcasts are big money now. That's true. There's that. Zach there actually Braff is. Podcast yes, there is actually a podcast show. that is now. A like network sitcom. Yeah, that's so weird. Oh, weird. Yeah, uh, yeah that that's it's a suspicious trailer. startup. And I think mm. that there's a, a reply all episode that's now optioned oh, really? to be something. Oh yeah, po- Chris. My chair keeps sinking down. <laughs> if you're watching this on <laughs> video, you may notice that I keep like sinking down very slowly. Yeah, that's it's just, really annoying. I keep having to like. Just, here I go. Bye. It's okay, Chris. We've replaced Chris's stool with a novelty stool. That's our poop content keep, for this week. I'm not. I'm. If I don't like constantly adjust it, I just sink down into the fucking upside down. I. It's really irritating me. Well. 
Sorry, I just I couldn't I I couldn't Jesus Christ I I couldn't go without eventually acknowledging that this was happening. It's okay. It's, Do you want to fine. endorse things, Nick? There's an empty portrait frame behind you right yeah. now, which is new to the studio this week, or it feels new. Jake, it's new. Put it there. Jake it's we, been just Jake sort of on the floor. Our studio this week. Yeah, and it looks like it's waiting for you to be sort of ominously sucked into it. Like it looks like it's waiting for a painting inside of it to be created by your essence being like trapped in there mm-hmm. you know and then the movie ends oh basically sort of i, I guess like re- the movie would to- end or would it begin that way and then i would sort of be haunting that painting like, maybe like ghostbusters maybe 2 it, or something well i don't know the fact that it's just been <clears throat> empty sitting there the whole time makes it seem like you would sort of damn yourself mm. jumanji style I see. somehow and okay. get trapped in that painting yeah forever and then you would be there and then a new podcast crew would come in here the next week and be like, who's that lame guy and the who's that idiot in the painting? So you're saying I would be damned to listen to podcasts inside <laughs> of a painting without being yeah. able to talk on the podcast? Right. That sounds horrible. In the studio where people are recording it. Yeah. Maybe it was like your favorite podcast though and it was okay. Eh, I guess. You eventually hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it, I yeah it would, yeah, it would there's no there's like, no scenario where you, occasionally you enjoy toss anything in, when you're trapped in like, a painting. You have the power to occasionally like toss in a a bon mot that they they all are like well from? this the has pl- there there is precedent for this Chris. Uh Oh that's true actually. <laughs> yeah, weirdly there's a video <laughs> on our what our Patreon page I, I guess, guess so. from months yeah. ago of you recording a podcast with yourself including a version of you in a painting. That then makes a comment at the end. Yeah, weird. So I would be completely hoisted if that happened in re- in, in reality. If that, yeah. But there's yeah, also I precedence. Mean, yeah, but there is precedence. So, yeah. yeah. For three more of you coming in and recording it. <laughs> That's true. You're on there <laughs> on the wall, and then other yeah. Nick Reckons come in. Yeah. <laughs> it's hell. truly your nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being trapped I mean, in a podcast. Those three guys being surprised by the painting would be like, oh, would be a the sort of, of us yeah, in like here. like what? <laughs> what? Why is there? Why is there us? <laughs> Not not acknowledging the fact that th- the three of them are identical. I I don't I can't take sitting in this chair any longer. I think we have to wrap up this podcast. Yes. So let's endorse. Okay. Um, I am going to endorse the film The Big Sick, which is in theaters now. Is written by Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon, and was directed by Michael Showalter. And it is a sort of fictionalized account of the meeting of the comedian Kumail Nanjiani and uh, his wife also a comedian, Emily V. Gordon. And it stars Kamel Nanjani and Zoe Kazan. And it's just a, it's a really um, earnest and sweet, but also very funny romantic comedy about these people's actual... Um, the pretty extreme circumstances under which yes, they... Yes, the yeah, very intense circumstances under which they... Yeah, exactly. They started their relationship. And it also has... Ray Romano mm. just knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Which is just a It's a treat. Good it's just like yeah, he's just he he Ray Romano really pulls it out as a great role as, <laughs> as uh, the father of this woman. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's really good. Yeah. And Holly Hunter as his wife, but I feel like Ray Romano has just stole every scene he was in. Especially because you don't expect Ray Romano yeah. to drop an amazing performance like that yeah. of that kind. Yeah. yeah. He, mm-hmm. he did it was good. That was yeah. that's a good movie. Yeah. Yep. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. And I, I'm mentioning it in part because, uh, you know, it's a fairly small movie and it's in limited release right now. And it, it seems... really seems to be widening like this week, I think. Oh, is it? OK, yeah. good. Now, they've good. been really trying to get people to see it so that they could have sort of ammunition to 
encourage the studio to put it into a wider release. It's also cool just to see a like really fresh take on a romantic comedy playing in a theater and just to go see a movie of this genre in the theater. Like I feel like there isn't the genre, yeah, that genre has sort of like been supplanted by like gross out romantic comedies. Yeah, this one's played- or just sort of general Apatow this, comedies. Yeah, kind of this, have I mean, a, this is have a romance like, like what I mean. Well, yeah, yeah this mean, is Apatow produced, out, but, but it yeah. it plays everything very straight. But the the sort of twist of it is that it's a true story with one of the actual humans who experienced it in real life playing himself in yeah. it and having written it. Like yeah. that allows it to be. To be structurally more normal and not have to worry about an outrageous, like high concept twist in the middle of it. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, it's a very straight but it's, it's really refreshing movie, but it's just like sharp and yeah, uh, yep. funny and good. It's just a good story, well told. Yep, yep. So it's called The Big Sick, and it's in theaters. Um, Jake, I guess. Sure, I am going to endorse a thing that is useless if you don't use Twitter. So sorry about that. Um, but it's it's kind of a, a plug-in that you can authorize your Twitter account to. It's called Supermute. Uh, it's it's um, the way that it works. It, it basically, if you use Twitter a lot, which at least the three of us do, and I know a lot of people who listen to the show do, there are times when your Twitter feed will fill up with people who are talking about an event that you're not attending but relates to your job or to your hobby or like a political thing that you just kind of don't want to listen to for six hours or a sports game or whatever and the way Supermute works is it's a plugin that you can feed a series of terms uh, and if anyone in your Twitter feed mentions one of those terms Supermute will actually just mute them off your feed entirely for the duration that you give it so if anyone says anything about like the Giants game it operates under the assumption that you can live without hearing from them for six hours and that they're probably going to keep talking about it, uh, but just in more sort of oblique ways that don't use that word all the time. Um, and I've found it very good as a person who uses Twitter too much that basically if I need mm-hmm. to just cut my Twitter feed in, in by 30% because everyone is talking about a thing that I just like am getting Some overwhelmed by. to something and you're yeah. like, oh, well, yeah. So it's at... Uh, if you go to supermute.feeltrain, that's F-E-E-L-T-R-A-I-N.com, you can authorize your Twitter account to it. And then anytime you go to that page, you can type in a term and a duration and it mutes it. And then if you if you regret your decision, you can turn it off. But the general effect seems to be that instead of getting louder, your Twitter feed will just sort of slowly get quieter during those times when everyone is just blasting about, about something. Uh, it's made by mm-hmm. a guy named Darius Kazemi who makes a bunch of really hilarious Twitter bots uh, that you, I don't know. That website just has a lot of other good stuff on it. Yeah. But, but Supermute, I endorse heavily as a as a thing to make Twitter less mm-hmm. annoying. I used it to uh, block Twin Peaks stuff for a couple hours when the first episode <laughs> of the new season was coming out and I wanted to make sure I didn't get spoiled. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nick. What do you have? This will be quick. So last week I endorsed a cooking show and sort of made an offhand comment about Mangchi. And uh, people sort of uh, tweeted at me very quickly and said, wait a minute, I don't think you've ever actually endorsed her. Uh, I didn't. I mentioned her on like a stream or something and and didn't actually do that. So I'm going to endorse Mangchi, who is a um, Korean woman who lives in New York City. And uh, she has a cooking show that actually started. She started that show, I think, maybe the first year of YouTube. Like she's wow, been around forever. Like she's basically now just redoing old videos that she did then because the quality sure, is so bad. A disaster. Yeah. yeah, but at this point, she has a pretty huge following. She has a cookbook, but she she's a Korean um, lady who just makes 
she started out, I think, basically making kind of like Korean, like sort of basic home cooking dishes. But now she's getting much more ambitious and doing all sorts of just, you know, uh, you know, everything. People with Korean food, it's like, you know, Korean barbecue and maybe, you know, like bibimbap and then that's probably it. But she kind of is actually, you know, has a lot of recipes that she's got coming through her straight from Korea that like you just have no idea exists. And it's all she does like really nice, um, nicely like edited and produced videos. And she's just like a cute lady. Like she's just fun to watch. And it's like really it's just very, very good. Uh, so Manchi, M-A-A-N-G-C-H-I. And I think you can go to like her website or YouTube. Cool. Um, we'll link that interested in, in nice. yes, we'll Korean link that in the food. It's a very good show. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you can find links to all that stuff in the episode page for this episode of Important of True. You can find our website with all of our information at importantoftrue.com. And you can send us questions at questions at importantoftrue.com. Um, especially your questions, conundrums, things you need uh, answers to, advice about um, that we can offer our perspective on that is most appreciated. Sorry, I'm still sinking down. No, I know. I can just see you, see you slowly standing oh. up to counteract the chair falling. Yeah, it's which really, is it's really uh, something. Um, so yeah, you can send that email, send those questions, send those conundrums. Do questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best to deal with them. Uh, and you, and to deal with to deal with you. Uh, if you like this show, consider telling a friend. Consider rating us or reviewing us on iTunes. It uh, helps us out. It means a lot. Um, Sorry if this episode is coming out a little late this week. Everything got thrown out of whack because of the uh, because of the July Fourth holiday. Um, but uh, here's here's a podcast for you, and now it's done. Uh, we will be. <laughs> I don't know why I said any of that. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, until then, stay spicy, everyone. Oh, for Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brickin. I'm Jake Rodkin. Bye. my thumb drive joke no i don't i don't like it i was happy with that what i mean i wasn't actually i was ashamed